host, Vera Lindenbar, and if this is your first time tuning in, on this show, I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. For those of you who listened the last time we were on the air, you'll know that we had an unexpected visitor in the studio, a dust devil, who I have since named Devi, Devi the Dust Devil. The beast wizard who came to safely remove Devi from the studio gave her another name, which was, um the cause of a lot of structural damage to the radio station that will likely result in much larger technical issues in the near future. Ruben, the station manager, who did not seem very interested in my name for the creature, seemed much more interested when we were told that. And now I am smoothly transitioning into the next topic to say, we're moving! While Devi the Dust Devil has been safely removed and released into the wild, where she can stir up winds as much as she wants, she left a bit of a disaster in her wake. Reuben and the station's engineer, Fiel, conducted an inspection and found that it'd be much more expensive to repair the damage than it would be to just move the station's operations to another location. So we're moving! It's a bittersweet moment. I mean, this was the studio where I first began Dear Lysphera. That's where I stood when I was told that I could do the show. This is where I took my first call. I mean, that's where Reuven stood when he told me that I was speaking too loudly into the speaking plant. It's going to be sad to leave this place. But on the other branch, the new station is closer to my home tree. And not only will my commute to the station be shorter, but I won't have to pass through the boggle pit thicket anymore. Which means no more carrying berries in my pockets to throw past the boggle pits to distract them for long enough to let me run past. I mean, I know they're harmless, but have you ever tried to wade through dozens of boggle pits? Plus, their feathers make me sneeze. Before I figured out the berry trick, I was always showing up to the station with a runny nose. Oh, also, I won't have to jump from rock to rock to get across Zelbar Creek, which is great because the rocks have been slowly disappearing, which is making me think that maybe they weren't rocks after all. Which, as some of you might remember, would not be the first time I've mistaken a jeebler for a rock, so it's probably for the best that I won't have to go that way anymore. The only issue with my new commute is going to be traveling through the Chattering Grove. I know I could just walk around, but that would double my walking time. For those who don't know, the Chattering Grove is a bunch of Alpenia... I think they're Alpenia trees. Yeah, it's a grove of Alpenia trees that were enchanted with a shared consciousness years ago. I forget who enchanted them. Honestly, I would love to talk to that person and ask them some questions. Like, can you undo it? Please. After being enchanted, the trees became the most critical group of trees in all of Grevlon. And I know the bar for that is low, since talking trees are rare in Grevlon, but still. Anytime I have to pass through them, it's always, Lysphira, when are you going to get a real job? And, Lysphira, why can't you be more like your brother and actually make something of yourself? You know, just fun little observations like that. One time, my best friend Raedra and I had to pass through the chat grove, and she snapped a branch off of one of the trees when it asked her if she'd finally gotten a grip on her anger issues. Which, I guess, answered the tree's question. The tree told a ranger about it, and Raedra got in a little trouble. She didn't hurt the tree, they can't feel pain, but... They are very vain about their branches, and the rangers think we need to show respect to the chat grove. Honestly, though, they just want the trees to look nice because it's one of the towering forest's biggest tourist destinations. The tourists think it's funny when the trees say mean things to them. People from other places in Grevlon will be like, Oh, you live by the Chattering Grove! You're so lucky! And I'm like, Oh, yeah! I love being told that my hair looks like a gollywaddle nest and my clothes need a de-wrinkle spell. By a plant! So that's going to make for a fun commute. You know, ever since the branch sapping incident, they've gotten a little less bold around Raedra. Maybe I can see if she wants to walk me to the station sometimes. Or I can just invest in earmuffs. Anyway, let's move on with the show!
So, unfortunately, DV the Dust Devil damaged our receiver, so we're unable to take calls this episode. But don't worry, Reuven swooped in to save the day. Well, he didn't really swoop. It was more of a slow shuffle as he went to his desk and retrieved a bunch of letters that survived the Dust Devil's visit. They aren't letters asking for advice. They're follow-ups from people who have called into the show. I asked Reuven why this was the first time I was seeing these, and he said he was saving them for a special occasion. Then I asked him if that was a lie, and he just forgot to tell me about them, and he said yes. Hey, at least he's honest, right? So, let's jump into these letters. This first letter is from... Yura. Oh! Yura was a professional damsel in distress. Her boyfriend seemed kind of jealous of her job, so I suggested she try bringing him along sometimes when she had to travel for work. Yura writes, Dear Lysphira, just wanted to write in to update you on how things are going. I had a work assignment to go sit in the center of this maze, so I brought my boyfriend along. He was hesitant at first. An underground maze wasn't really his idea of a vacation, but when we got there, he got super into it. He actually had the idea to pretend to be another hero who had gotten badly injured in the maze, so the clients who came through got to practice first aid on him, which they told my bosses they really liked. My bosses were so pleased by the feedback that they asked my boyfriend if he would like a job performing as an injured hero, and he accepted. So now we get to work together all the time. There are still some assignments that I have to go on without him, but now that he's seen me work, I think he understands it better now and isn't jealous anymore. And now he has a brand new job that he loves. Thanks again for the advice. Love, Yura. That's so awesome. I'm glad he was able to get that jealousy under control. And congrats to him on the new job. Okay, this next letter is from Blancana. When Blancana called in, she was planning her wedding and was nervous about her first dance. We agreed that she just needed to have fun with it and not put so much pressure on trying to make it perfect. I think that the backup plan was for her to acquire magical dancing shoes, but hopefully she didn't have to go that far. Blancana writes, Hello from a married woman. The wedding was fantastic. We found room for my dad's warlocks. My mother-in-law almost bit the heads off of some wedding crashers. And, oh, I forgot her mother-in-law is a dragon. So she means literally. Yikes. Continuing. And our first dance was perfectly imperfect. I stepped on Jell's feet approximately five times throughout the course of the song, and she laughed every time it happened. You were right. I didn't need to worry about making it perfect and was able to enjoy it so much more that way. Thanks so much for the advice. Sorry this letter was so short, but we're about to leave for Gelfire for our honeymoon. Gotta go. Bye. Best, Blancana. Oh, I hear Gelfire is beautiful this time of year. Although, I'm not sure when this letter was sent. Then again, I think Gelfire is beautiful any time of the year, so it doesn't really matter. Well, Blancana and Jael, congratulations on getting married, and I hope you had, or are having, a wonderful honeymoon. Okay, let's continue with these letters. Oh! This one's from Irwin. Irwin called after being hit with a memory loss curse from a crystal, and we had to retrace her steps to figure out what had happened. When she regained her memory, she remembered that she had gone to retrieve her family's stolen crystal and found this house with an entire collection of stolen crystals. Irwin writes, Hi, Lysphira. It's Irwin Pimiot. Remember me? <laughs> Hope you've been doing well. I certainly have been busy. My sister Elwyn and I managed to form a group of fighters and mages and returned to the house of the wizard who had the stolen crystal collection. The wizard managed to escape, but we were able to retrieve all of the crystals. We've had to fight off a few collectors and museum owners, not physically, although Elwyn almost hit one over the head with her staff, but we're working on returning all the crystals to their rightful families and communities. Thank you again for helping me break the curse and regain my memory. 
One of the crystals belongs to a dryad family in the towering forest, so maybe I'll see you when I travel there. Hope to see you around. Best, Irwin Pimiad. Irwin, that's fantastic! Oh, I'm so glad you were able to recover the stolen crystals. Although I wish the wizard could have faced some form of justice for stealing them. But a win's a win, and you and your sister are doing great work returning the crystals to their rightful owners. And yes, definitely come find me when you come to the towering forest. All right, here's our last letter. Oh, there's a little package attached to it. This letter is from Elbmib Elbmik. Huh. I, I usually have a, a pretty good memory for folks who have written and called in, but I don't... Well, let's see what Elbmib has to say. Dear Lysphira, I am furious with you. What? The advice you gave me was terrible. I did exactly what you said, and the rash has only gotten worse. Never alive, I don't remember this at all. Did I accidentally touch a memory loss crystal? Reuben, do you remember this? What else do they say? I am boycotting your show and encourage everyone else to do so as well. Attached is the recording stone with which I have documented our call in case you've forgotten it. I really can't remember this at all. I'll play the recording stone. Maybe that will jog my memory. Elvmib Elvmik. A rash? Okay, I I'm going to play the recording on the stone. And play. Oh my. Did we trick you, Lysphira? Oh, Kimbu, I wish I could see her face right now. Silly Lysphira, there is no rash. And there is no Elmib Elmik either. But backwards, that spells Bimble and Kimbu. <laughs> Got you. Listen, you imps, I know you can't hear me, but I'm gonna... Anyway, hope you are doing well. Yes, hope you and your family are in good health. Oh, well, that's nice of them to say. We have to go wait for the mail person now. Yes, today we to put a charm on the mailbox so it won't open. The mail person is going to pull and pull, but it won't open. <laughs> they are going to be treated so good. Bye, Lysia. <sighs> Kimble and Bimble, everyone. Seems like they're doing well. Can't say the same about their mail person. It can't be the same mail person, right? How long can one person stand so many pranks before they quit? <sighs> Namorous. This isn't a letter, but I do have a couple more updates from folks who have called into the show. Back when we thought we might try to rebuild the station after the damage done by the Dust Devil, I called Fralri. Fralri's a giant spider architect who called in because none of his designs were getting him hired. When I realized how perilous all of his designs were, I suggested he try designing dungeons instead. Anyway, I called Fralri to see if he had any contacts who could help us rebuild the station. He offered to design a new station himself, but after he recommended installing walls that close in on you if you don't know the password, I politely declined. Reuben, I didn't tell you about his offer. I, I just assumed you'd be okay with me speaking on your behalf. Yeah, I thought so. But Frawry seems to be doing well. He's been getting a lot of work, and he told me that he just had an article written about him in the Dungeoneer's Digest. Oh, another piece of news. Vraedra and I traveled to Poer a few weeks ago for the annual Curtivus Sea Singing Competition to see Narabelle and Scaliana compete. For those who missed it, Narabelle and Scaliana are two mermaids who both called in to accuse the other of stealing song ideas for this competition. Eventually, they agreed to work together to create a song for the event. The competition was so fun to watch. There were so many talented merfolk competing. The songwriting competition was the final event. The challenge was to create a song that would make the landfolk volunteers perform a specific dance. So Narabelle and Scaliana co-wrote this amazing song that was so powerful, the judges started dancing too. 
Naturally, they won first place, and they called to me in the crowd, telling me to come accept the award with them. Then, according to Raedra, I passed out. Raedra had to slap me awake and sort of dragged me over to help Narabel and Scaliana accept the award. I don't remember much after that, but it was one of the best moments of my life. So that's it for these updates. It's so nice to hear from folks who have called in. You know, I can give advice left and right, but you never really know how it works out unless... Oh, hang on. Oh, I think Reuven found one more letter. Oh, oh, this letter is from Genevac. Genevac called when a bunch of... Um, I want to say Bozzy Bugs? Was that the name of the creature? Yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, these creatures surprised Genevac, who got stuck up in a tree trying to escape them, and we figured out that they don't like pemble fruit juice. So Genevac used the juice to distract the, the, the buzzy creatures long enough to escape. I'm not sure what Genevac would have to write in about. That was one of the rare calls where we found out the resolution on the air. Okay, uh, Genevac writes, Dear Lysphera, Hi, Genevac here. Thanks again with your help with the Buzzy Bog situation. Oh, Buzzy Bogs, right. I won't remember that. Ever since that day, I've started studying the habits of Buzzy Bogs and have noticed a lot more irregular activity like I saw that day. Oh, right. Uh, Genevac had said that the Buzzy Bogs were mainly nocturnal creatures, which was why it was a surprise to see them out during the day. Okay, continuing. I've been gathering more information about other irregular creature activity, but my research is slow going. I was hoping you could use your platform to ask your listeners to contact me with any information they might have about any strange activities they've seen in creatures around Grevlon recently. If they do, they can tell their speaking plant to call Genevac in the hills of Longforn. Make sure they say Genevac clearly because I have a neighbor named Genewak and we get each other's calls all the time. Hope you're well, and thanks again for your help with the Buzzy Bogs, and hopefully for reading this letter on the air. Thanks, Genevac. Huh. Sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking. Hmm. Well, first off, like Genevac asked, please call if you have that information. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it... Reuven, remember when the Cupid Sly migration came early this year? Oh, right, I forgot you caught Cupid's flu. But that was strange creature activity, right? And and how the marshlands have been having those hydra attacks? And the jeepler? Genevac, if you're listening, I'm going to call you later. But, like I said, anyone else who has any information that could help Genevac's research, tell your speaking plant to call Genevac at the Hills of Longforn. I'm actually going to write a few things down before I forget. Oh, uh, let's go to our sponsor while I do that. Afterwards, Reuven says we have some letters from listeners? I'm actually excited. I'm not sure what these are. He hasn't shown them to me yet. But first, a word from our sponsor. The future is unknown. Tomorrow is a mystery. Gods only know what's in store. These are some common phrases people say. Until they meet me, Gryave Donovo, the divine diviner. With a quick glance in my looking glass, and the minimum payment of five rin coins, I can tell you almost anything you wish to know about your future. Want to know what you're having for dinner tomorrow night? Stew! Want to know if that strange seed you planted is going to grow into a giant beanstalk? It won't! Want to know who's going to win the Grevlon Vineball Finals? I've had some run-ins with a couple of gambling rings, and... Well, we've made our peace. Vineball winners. That I cannot do. 
and I suggest you stop going around asking questions like that. Oh, I just want to know if the game is worth going to. I'm not a gambler. What? Do I look like I was born yesterday? I don't even need to look into the future to see that as soon as I give you a team name, you're running out of my cabin to find your bookie. Imagine everyone came to me, asking me for the name of the winning team. Well, now everyone knows who's going to win. By then, what's even the point of having the game? Now there's no more vine bar. And all because you just had to know who was going to win. How does that feel, knowing you got our most beloved sport cancelled? How are you going to sleep at night? I can see the future, and I will tell you, you won't be able to. Night after night of you lying awake, saying to yourself, if only I hadn't found out who was going to win the Vineball tournament, then things would be better. And maybe things will get better. I know whether they will or not, but that's going to be another five ring coins from you to find out. So come visit me, Grayave Donovo, the Divine Diviner, and ask me anything you want to know about your future. Well, almost anything. And we're back with Dear Lesphira. Okay, Ruben told me that these aren't letters from folks who need advice, but from fans of the show. Ruben, were you also keeping these letters in that drawer? Maybe, maybe we should keep all of the letters in that drawer, just in case we have another Dust Devil visitor. Okay, okay, I won't tell you how to do your job. It was just a suggestion. All right, let's see what we have here. This first letter is from Willow Snopdrag. Willow writes, Hello from a fellow resident of the Towering Forest. My name is Willow. I'm a wildflower nymph, and I just wanted to write in to say that I love the show. I'm very passionate about trees, and I'll listen to Dearless Vera while I'm studying them and documenting my findings. Let me know if you ever need any information about trees. I've got you covered. Best, Willow Snopdrag. Thanks, Willow. If you have any advice on how to deal with the Chattering Grove, please send it my way. Anything that could help make my new commute more manageable would be much appreciated. <laughs> now I'm the one asking for advice. <laughs> okay, the next letter is from Cole Istaki. Cole writes... What's up, Lysphira? The name's Cole, and I really dig your show. I'm a centaur, and when I was younger, I really wanted to get into surfing, but I could never find a surfboard that could fit all four of my legs. So I started my own business making and painting custom surfboards, especially for non-humanoid folks. I'm always playing your show in my workshop, so I wanted to send you a gift. I know you've talked about not knowing how to swim, so I built you a custom surfboard and had it enchanted to keep whoever's on it upright so you don't have to worry about falling into the water. If you're ever in Poer, bring the board and we can hit the waves. Surf's up. Cole is talky. Oh, that's so nice. Reuben, was there a package with... Oh, there it is. Where were you keeping that? Wow, Cole, this is so nice. Thank you. I've never really considered trying surfing, but it's definitely more appealing knowing that I won't fall into the water. Okay, okay, I'm taking forever with these. They're just so nice. I'm going to speed up so we can get through all of them. This letter is from halfling bard Meander Bankadrock, who listens to the show while adventuring to rescue their missing daughter, Thalweka. Meander, thank you for listening to the show, and best of luck finding your daughter. If anyone has any information, send it here to the Towering Forest radio station, and we'll pass it on to Meander. Okay, this next letter is from... Oh, fancy parchment. Oh, wow, okay. This letter is from the fairy princess Apogee of Perigee, the penumbral shadow. Their Highness says they can only interact with others during an eclipse, so listening to Dear Lysphira gives them some connection to the rest of Grevlon. Well, I'm so happy I can give that to you. Your Majesty? Sorry, 
I'm not used to speaking to royalty. I'm not sure what the proper terms are. Uh, uh, but uh, thank you for listening. Highness, majest, sorry. Okay, moving on. Thank you. Caper Coriabilt writes from the deck of the dragon hide. Caper is a sailor. Not sure why sailor is in quotes. The dragon hide. Why does that sound familiar? Um, Caper says she plays the show for the crew while they do their chores around the ship. Oh, well, if the crew of the dragon hide is listening, ahoy to Caper and the rest. And thanks for listening. Okay, this next letter is from Annalie Donahue. Oh, and Williford and Emmeline Donahue. They write, Dear Lisfera, my name is Annalie Donahue. I just wanted to say thank you for doing Dear Lisfera. My parents are divorced, so my siblings and I are often traveling back and forth between the towering forest and the golden woods of Sundar. I'm a little over 100 years older than my siblings, we're wood elves, so I've had some trouble connecting to them in the past. Listening to your show together while we travel between homes has given us something to connect over. Oh, and then they wrote, May Namor smile on you in Elvish. And it's signed, Annalie, Williford, and Emmeline Donahue. That's so sweet. Thank you all for listening. Siler Dragomteer writes in to say that they struggle with social awkwardness, which can be tough as a genie who has people approaching them all the time requesting their wishes be granted. Siler has used some of the advice given on the show to help deal with these situations and their awkwardness. Well, Siler, I can completely relate to struggling with social awkwardness, but I'm glad you found some of the advice given on the show personally helpful to you. Thanks for listening. This letter is from Elvenia Petalsprout, who's a witch. She says she loves listening to Dear Lisfera while she makes spells and potions. I love how productive you all are while listening to the show. I'm personally very bad at multitasking, so that's very admirable. Thanks for listening, Elvenia. This letter is from Wisp, who's a shapeshifter. She says, I started listening to the show when you answered my friend Delena's letter, and I've been hooked ever since. Oh, I remember. Delena was also a shapeshifter. Oh, that's so nice. Well, thank you, Wisp, for listening, and thank you, Delena, for recommending the show. Okay, Calrin Nautilus writes in from the Backing Cats Academy of Magic. I'm here studying to be a wizard, but I'm an ocean nymph from the Curtibus Sea, so I get homesick a lot. I'll listen to Dear Lisfera before I go to sleep, and it helps take my mind off of being homesick. Well, that's so awesome that you're studying to be a wizard, Calrin. I can't imagine what it's like to be that far from home, but what you're doing is very admirable, and I'm glad I can help. Good luck with your studies, and thanks for listening. Amber Marving writes in, saying, My sister and I love the show. Her birthday's coming up, and I was struggling with what to get her. I'm a half-elf, half-dragon, and she's a full dragon, and your show is one of the few things we have in common. Could you give her a shout-out for her birthday? Her name is Sapphire. Thanks. Love the show. Yes, of course. Happy, happy birthday, Sapphire. I hope you have a fantastic birthday, and thank you and Amber for listening to the show. I will eat a slice of cake tonight in honor of your birthday. Trip Greenapple writes in to say he's a centaur with four left feet. I appreciate when you talk about being clumsy. It makes me feel less alone. Gosh, I don't know if I've told any stories about me being clumsy recently, but Namorous knows I have them. I walked straight into the station's door an hour ago thinking it was open. So don't worry, Trip. You're not alone. Clumsy folks unite. We'll probably spill something on each other almost immediately, but we'll unite nonetheless. Nylon Niqui says hello from the Iwern River. They're a water nymph, and they say that they listen to Dear Lisfera while cleaning up litter on the riverbank. Well, thank you, Nylon, for taking the time to do that. If anyone's listening right now who's a litterer, stop at. Nylon has better things to do than clean up your trash. But thank you for listening to the show. Arky Girl Donnie writes in, My dad's a full dragonborn, and he's always believed I'm destined to be a great adventurer and help people. 
I've always been afraid to tell him that I'd rather be a writer, but I know you would tell me that I just need to be honest with him, so I was. He was disappointed at first, but now he's the biggest fan of my writing. Love the show. Keep it up. That's so great, Arky. And hey, just because you'd rather be a writer than an adventurer doesn't mean your dad was wrong to think you're destined to help people. Writers help people too, just in a different way. Hopefully I can read your writing someday. Thanks for listening to the show. This letter is from Finsmay Rocks, who writes, Hi, Lysphira. My name is Finsmay, and I'm 10, and I'm a centaur. I like listening to your show, and I also like stones. I think you give good advice. Your voice gets squeaky sometimes, and it's funny. Oh, that's very honest of you to say. An astute observation. <clears throat> keep making your show, because I want to keep listening. Love, Finsmay Rocks. That's very nice. Thanks for listening, Finsmay. My voice isn't that squeaky, is it? I'm overthinking this. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> moving on. Okay, uh, Primrose is a wildflower nymph who writes in from the hills of Longforn. Oh, and there's a beautiful bracelet in the envelope. I'm a jeweler, and I love listening to the show while I work. I made this bracelet for you. It has an umlet gemstone set in it, which is meant to help improve the wearer's vocal stamina. Since you talk so much on the show, I thought the bracelet could help. That's so sweet. Thank you, Primrose. It's a beautiful bracelet. I'm putting it on right now. I could definitely use the help. My voice is always tired by the end of the show. Maybe that's why Finsmay thinks I sound squeaky. Never mind. I said I was moving on. I've moved on. Thanks for listening to the show, Primrose. And thanks again for the bracelet. Oh, this letter has some beautiful cursive calligraphy. This is from Shula Anspex, who is a snail. Oh, wow, that explains the calligraphy. Oh, and there are some beautiful dried flowers in the envelope. Shula writes... These are Whiston flowers, some of my favorites. I love Whistoning to your show. <laughs> That's a good fun. Well, Shula, thanks for Whistoning, and thank you for the flowers. I'm going to frame these and hang them at the new station. Okay, this letter is from Drawed Leadfeather. Drawed writes, Dear Lysphira, my name is Drawed Leadfeather. I used to be a crew member on the Dragonhide under the legendary pirate Captain Morley Three Thumbs Winburn. Oh, that's why the dragon hide sounded familiar. Oh, Caper's a pirate. Things are making sense now. Continuing. One of my old crewmates introduced me to your show. Oh, that must have been Caper. And now that I've gotten my own ship, I play it for my new crew. However, I don't have a ton of name recognition yet, so my crew currently consists of three people, one of them being my cousin Brackley. But they all love the show, especially Brackley. Oh, well, glad to hear you all listen to the show. Um... Morally, I don't know if I can wish you luck in your endeavors, but, um, yeah, thanks for listening to the show. Hey, this letter's from Jimbo, the smallest, Pebbles. Jimbo says they're the smallest rock gnome in a punk rock gnome cavern. Huh, I've never heard of a punk rock gnome. Cool. And listen to the show when they need a break from the pounding bass echoing off the cave walls. Well, thanks for listening, Jimbo. Hopefully you can hear me right now if the music's really loud. Thank you, Jimbo! Oh, we're close to the bottom of the sack. Okay. This letter is from Aslo Armaria, a Rakshasa mercenary. Aslo says they like to listen to the show when they're between jobs, especially when they're in a town where they don't know many people. Thank you for listening, Aslo. Okay, last letter. Oh, and this one's from an adventuring party. Artemis Gentleheart, a dragonborn healer, Leonie Rosepuff, a fairy wizard, and Eleonora Ceridi, a lesbian harpy fighter. Wow, what a team! They've been adventuring for almost a year now and started listening to the show together while traveling. They still don't have a name for their adventuring party and would appreciate any suggestions. Ooh, adventuring party names. Okay, yeah, how about 
um, um, how about the, 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 the cool, the cool adventurers? No, I, I don't have anything. Oh, wait, Eleonora, Leonie, Artemis, I-L-A, um, Ela in Elvish means for all, uh, and I, oh, and a lot of adventuring parties have a number in their names, so how about three for all? I don't know. This is a lot of pressure. I'm sure you can come up with something better. Oh, I feel like I might be witnessing history right now. Years later, I'm going to look back at this and think, remember when Three for All wrote into my show? Or remember when the cool adventurers wrote into my show? Well, anyway, thanks for listening and good luck on your adventures. And that's it. That's the pile. Well, thank you to everyone who wrote in. You know, Reuven can tell me the numbers of how many people tune into the show, but it just makes it all a little more real to actually hear from the folks who are listening. But also, thank you to everyone who listens to the show, even if you don't write or call in. Your quiet support means the world to me. I couldn't do this show without you. All right, all right. Reuven's been giving me the wrap-it-up signal for the past three minutes, so I guess I am long past due to wrap this up. Thank you for listening to Dear Lysphera. We're going to go quiet for a bit, but we'll be back soon in our new station. Bigger and better than ever. Well, maybe not bigger. Reuven said the new station might be a little smaller. But definitely better than ever. Or at least as good as it's been. You know what? Let me just say we'll be back and leave it at that. We'll be back. But in the meantime, keep your chin up and I'll talk to you again real soon. Bye for now. Stick around till the end of the episode for a special message from Katie. Thank you for listening to Dear Lysphera, which was created, written, and edited by Katie Siegel. Lysphera, Kimball, and Bimble, and the sponsor were voiced by Katie Siegel. And I'm Nicole. Hi! If you enjoy the show and want to help it grow, please take a minute to leave a kind review on the Apple Podcast app. If you do, Katie will probably eventually make a TikTok about it. We have Dear Lysphera merch. Check it out at teespring.com slash stores slash katieflyesaway. For more Dear Lysphera, check it out at Dear Lysphera on TikTok. You can also follow at Dear Lysphera on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't. Live your life. Bye! Hi, everyone! First off, thank you all again so much for your love and support of this show. Like I said in the last episode, we'll be going off the air for a few months to prep for coming back with Season 2 in January. If you have any friends who you've been meaning to recommend the show to, now would be a great time for them to start. But in the meantime, make sure you're following Dear Lysphera on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm hoping to post some fun stuff on there in the meantime. Can you all tell that I'm trying to keep my voice lower so I don't sound like Lysphera? I was blown away and truly honored by how many character submissions I got for this episode, and even more blown away by how creative and different they all were. This is definitely something I want to do again in the future, so if you missed it this time, start working on those characters for the next one. So I just wanted to go through and thank all the kind folks who submitted characters for this episode and included their name in the form to be thanked at the end of this episode. And at the risk of sounding like every substitute teacher ever, so sorry if I mispronounce your name or already mispronounced your character's names wrong in the episode. Okay, here we go. Willow Snopdrag, the tree-obsessed wildflower nymph, was created by Emily K. McNeely. Cole Istaki, the centaur surfer bro who makes and paints custom surfboards and sent one to Lysphera, was created by Raz. Meander Bankadrock, the adventuring bard searching for their daughter Thalwega, was created by Morgan Adams. The fairy princess Apogee of Perigee, the penumbral shadow, who can only interact with others during an eclipse, was created by Alice Kira. Capricoriabilt, the human sailor, was created by Ziana Gill, who listens to the podcast while doing chores, which I ended up giving to Caper as well. 
Annalie, Williford, and Emily Donahue, the Wood Elf siblings who travel between their divorced parents' homes and bond over listening to the show, were created by Alyssa Wyatt and Amelia Sasser Collins. Siler Dragontier, the socially awkward genie, was created by Maximilian. The witch, Elvenia Petalsprout, who loves listening to the show while making spells and potions, was created by Bianca Garcia. Wisp the Shapeshifter was created by Julia. Kaurin Nautilus, the ocean nymph who wants to be a wizard and listens to Dearly Sphera before going to sleep, was created by Matan. Amber Marving, the half-elf, half-dragon who needed a birthday gift idea for her sister, was created by Sailor. Drip Greenapple, the clumsy centaur, was created by Sam. Nylon Niqui, the water nymph, was created by Bailey. Finsmay Rocks, the young, brutally honest centaur who loves stones, was created by Avni Malik. Primrose, the wildflower nymph jeweler who listens to the show while working and sent Lysphera a bracelet, was created by Alora. Shula Anspex, the snail who loves flowers and flower puns, was created by Alex. Drawed Leadfeather, the low-level halfling pirate, was created by Eddie Feely. Jimbo, the smallest pebbles, the smallest rock gnome in a punk rock gnome cavern, was created by Astrid. Aslo Armaria, the shy Rakshasa sellsword, was created by Ziggy Gamma. The dragonborn Artemis Gentleheart was created by Aiden. The fairy Leonie Rosepuff was created by Liana Buchanan. And Eleonora Ceridi, the lesbian harpy, who's also flightless, but I wasn't able to squeeze that in, but I needed everyone to know about it, was created by Pigeon Rose. And now they're an adventuring party, which was created by me. Thank you all again so much. I am so excited to see what season two has in store. I'll talk to you soon.